0: Welcome to Counselor Find, a
1: podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shabvak, also known as Terry and Zach.
0: Hey, hey, welcome back. And or we're back and you're here with us and we're glad you're here with us. Zach, how you doing?
1: Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good too.
0: I'm still recovering from our discussion last week. I think it was really intense. Um, pushed into some new places that I just keep kind of wrestling with. It was out there. Yeah, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it and <laughs> yeah, it, was it was really good. challenging for me because kind of a mind-blowing, I don't know, I hadn't thought about some of these things before and now I'm thinking about them and it's really neat. Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah. And it's not, I, I didn't find it far-fetched. I just found it really different. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was great. And so... thank you. Like some people really reached out to us and said, Hey, like I want to engage in this conversation. And that was really good too. Um, I don't think we, and, and some of them would say, and I would feel too, like we kind of left it. There's, there's this next step, right?
1: Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about it. that. was like the scra- tip of the iceberg scratching oh, yeah. the surface. So, do you want to go Again, further?
0: There's like two weeks ago we had that <laughs> conversation. I'm like, wow, there's like six or seven trails we could go off of here. And oh, I think, yeah, that one. But I think here we, we really do need to maybe push into a bit to this like intimacy and vulnerability. The idea that yep. um, if, if there is intimacy outside of marriage,
1: there right, is. Yeah. There
0: is. So then how do we build can, how, how, like, what does it look like to have an actual like intimate, intimate community or to be vulnerable with one another? Yeah. And
1: I think, and a big part of that is not just if you're single, but for everyone, like there's intimacy and vulnerability that is to be had outside of marriage for everyone. For everyone.
0: So for you and for Leah.
1: Yeah, and for people who are single, like if you're single. single, if you're married, there needs to be an intimacy that you're having, not just in your marriage.
0: So maybe we should define intimacy. Like, What do you mean by intimacy?
1: Mm, why would you ask me that? I have no idea. Okay, I, I guess you didn't do you know? prep for that. No, I just think, well. I whip up the Google machine. Mm,
0: I don't know. I was listening to a, um, a podcast the other day with some people that think about this more than I do.
1: Close familiarity or friendship, closeness. Yeah, perfect. That's what I would describe it as. Close
0: familiarity <laughs> and close friendship, closeness, closeness. <laughs> and so, for some reason, intimacy sounds very sexual.
1: Yeah, but it's not.
0: But it's not. It's it's friendship, right? And it's close friendship and it's closeness with another person. Mm. There's someone the other day saying that I was listening to Anne Voss Camp was being interviewed by someone, and. She said the dream is intimacy. And intimacy needs vulnerability, and vulnerability needs to be cruciformity.
1: <laughs> you mangled that word. Vulnerability. vulnerability. Awful. And trying to write it, yeah, it's just tough. like
0: this word never wants to end. No, I know. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay, so intimacy but, needs vulnerability and vulnerability needs cruciformity. Heck, does that mean like being Christ-like? Submitting to the cross. Cruciformity. Right. Sounds Means allowing
0: like... the cross of Christ to be fully in my life. Okay. But intimacy is the dream. Like we all want intimacy. I gotta stop sure. banging the table here. I get excited and yeah. I start smashing. Well, the that's table.
1: like a pretty basic human desire, I think. Yeah. Like have intimacy.
0: Intimacy. We want to be close to I'll somebody. Close to people. I want I want my bestest best friend. Mm-hmm. And I want four or five of them. Like I need that mm-hmm. close community around me so how do we do that what does that even look like and are are we like how do we do that well how do we do that well in marriage how do we do that well in single and then how do we integrate marriage and signals because it it seems like i get married and now julia is my best friend and all my friends kind of disappear for a year or two and then i try and find those friends again And they've all moved on because I just basically focused on Julia for the first year of my life. And that's kind of the honeymoon stage, I'm I'm guessing. But then how do we get back out of that where you're like, you know, that feeling of like, oh, I've lost all my buddies or. Right. Or not. Like, how do we keep that intimacy, that closeness real?
1: Hmm. I, I mean, you want to go right to the practical, huh? I don't know. I think don't know. Where probably do you think? Okay, let's back it up. Back the it theory up. first okay. here.
0: What's the theory?
1: Well, <clears throat>
0: I don't know where I'm going with this. Just, just humor me a bit. Maybe you should start asking me some questions. What is okay. the theory that you well, want to talk it's about? Like,
1: I guess the idea is that uh, is it even we, all have inti- we all have an intimacy need, right? And is that, that's biblical, I assume? You think it's biblical?
0: I don't know. Like, I, I mean, do. Like,
1: you know what <laughs> I do because God wants <laughs> to have a relationship with us. That's why he created us. Right? So God wants a relationship with us. So he created us. Well, if so- he created us in a way that we didn't want relationship, then he would never get that relationship with us. So obviously he created us in a way to want relationship, mm-hmm. i.e. intimacy. So we've been created for intimacy, for a relationship, for closeness with God. Wow. Now.
0: Really nicely
1: done. Thank you. As stupid humans, we screwed that up and continue to, and don't realize that that's our ultimate purpose. Um, And we find other ways to try and get that intimacy. We think that that's not a good enough way. So we find it elsewhere and we find it amongst each other, which can be fine too, because uh, you and I were talking about this the other day, how... I was saying, like, we often, this is a rabbit trail, but (laughs) God talks to us in many ways, right? And we hear that. We teach each other that, that. Some people hear directly from God; pretty rare to hear His voice. But most of us hear it um, maybe through our conscience, or through the Bible, like through reading His Word, or um, through advice from friends, or through the pulpit, or whatever. Right?
0: Yeah. Or some spiritual discipline. Sure. There's yeah. lots of ways we Nature.
1: hear God speak to us. Or yeah. um, sacred paths. I think the same thing goes for intimacy from God. Like we can have that direct intimacy with God. Um, through prayer and through directly connecting with him, but we can also get it from God through others. Um, and so we can get that intimacy with God in a godly relationship, whether that's in a marriage or in a friendship or in a life group, Bible study community, um, like a close church community or a union church or, you know, in all these different ways. And so I think like where we've gone to look for intimacy Outside of God, he's also found a way to be there and we can find him through those things too. And so he doesn't, it's not, we can't just have intimacy with him. Like he doesn't want us to just have intimacy with him and not with anybody else. But if he's not part of that other intimacy with other people, then that's also going to be an unhealthy type of, unhealthy type of intimacy. Make sense? Furthermore, I think all of this leads to the point of that, like, we don't have to be married (laughs) to have this intimacy that God has for us. There isn't some special form of intimacy that God has saved up for the married people and just gone, screw you to all the people who don't get married. Um, which is legitimately how we think around here. I, I, it sounds stupid to say, like when I word it the way I just did, but that's how we've read some of the verses in the Bible. That there's this like, that because, in, because the relationship of Christ and the church is... Um, echoed in marriage that that's this like special gift that God has saved up for us and that married people get but single people don't get it now in our uh deep dive of scripture not so deep but deep enough um we've realized that it's not just a gift for sing- for married people right
0: the intimacy, right? The, the, that God wants to complete us; that He wants to be in that relationship with us. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a really deep Bible study to find no. that. <laughs>
1: took us an hour, John three sixteen. <laughs> that yeah. God
0: loved us in this way; <laughs> that He gave His only Son for yeah. us, that we could. Well, be... I
1: think okay. So, like, first of all, I think that this whole idea that um, that marriage is a is a picture of Christ in the church. Well. it's a copy of, it's not like it didn't come first. Like the idea of marriage didn't come before um, the love that Christ has for the church. And that, that imagery, right? Like that came first. And then he's, he's like, well, in order to help you understand this, I'll explain it through human marriage. Make sense. Like that's where we, like in the Bible, like there's verses.
0: So So you're saying that the marriage. Okay. You go like, ahead. What do you th- like I'm I'm just trying to you're saying that God wanted intimate relationship with us. But because we struggled to understand it, he gave us marriage. I'm to saying to help us understand how deeply he wanted to be
1: no, I'm intimate saying God with has a desire to be intimate with us and has a relationship with us. And the image of Christ in the church Shows that and is a form of that. Um, and in order to explain what he wants between, like, or that desire between uh for us with him and and the imagery of Christ in the church, he attempted to explain it through the idea of human marriage, which we already had. Like, at the time in the Bible, where's the verse again? You had it written, I thought, where he talks about the Christ in the church. Oh, it's, it's uh, Ephesians 5. Yeah, right. What does it say? Do you have it? I don't have it. Well, can you read it?
0: Uh, I can find it, yeah.
1: <laughs> or just summarize it. It's totally fine.
0: Uh, basic Basic summary is that husbands, we should love our wives, right? And wives, you should submit to your husbands. Right. And husbands, love your wives in the same way that Christ loved us and right. gave himself up for us. And he's talking about the church, not just you and me. Yeah. But he's talking about... Christ loved the church and and he made her perfect and white and holy and set apart. Right. And because he desired this intimate connection with each of us. Okay. And that's established through the church. And so husbands, love your wives this way and wives submit to your husbands. And submission so, is the same thing of like Philippians 2, where
1: it's, it's Christ gave fair. up heaven yeah.
0: to die for us. He submitted right. himself to death because he loved us so much.
1: It's probably fair to say that... By the time of Ephesians happening, people were pretty familiar with the idea of marriage.
0: I would think so. It's
1: (laughs) been around for a while.
0: Yeah, some would say it's like right in the first book of the Bible. Yeah, so right from Genesis one. I think what's happening in Ephesians
1: there is um, using the idea of like what they understand as marriage on Earth, earthly marriage, human marriage, and he's saying like. That relationship that he wants with us and that christ in the church is he's explaining it through the lens that they can understand it right he's not saying hey i've given i've given you this and this is how you experience it this is how you experience my um my love for the church right you know what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah, I do. So That's a he's bit saying. Confusing, but... So what you're you're not you're not saying then the only way to really understand how God loves me intimately is I have to be married. Correct. You're saying that God wants to love us intimately, uh-huh. and the example we have of how that looks is like a marriage. Right. But God wants to love us that way, whether we're married or single. it Doesn't yeah. matter.
1: God wants to be. I guess what I'm trying to warn of is like this idea that. Um... Because that, last week we said that the point of getting married, or the purpose of marriage, the vocation of marriage is to raise children. And then it can be easy to be like, well, no, there's other purposes of it, such as um, the reflection of Christ in the church. I don't think that that's a purpose of marriage. I think that that has been used as a a, a metaphor and example of Christ in the church. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Because let's read like, we, we can get down a rabbit hole here, but we won't try no, not okay. to. We'll I try not to unless never it goes there. But in, what is this, 1 Corinthians 7, um, where Paul says, uh, to the married, I give this charge or command. Um, oh, whoops, wrong one.
0: That Why wrong. are we going to 1 Corinthians 7? Why not? Okay.
1: It says in verse six, uh, as a concession, not a command, I say this, uh, I wish everyone was single as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. Essentially, what was your uh, pretty version saying of that? How's it read that? The pretty version, which <laughs> story, is actually from the, message, it's not the story whatever it's called. version.
0: It's, <laughs> it's the, the message. message. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sometimes I wish everyone were single like me, a simple life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some and the gift of the married life to others. Right. That's nice.
1: I guess what I'm like, one thing I like, want to get at is that in my reading of the Bible, I don't see um, marriage affording us a type of intimacy that God has given to us that single people can't get. The only type of intimacy that you can have within marriage that single people can't have is a worldly, physical, sexual intimacy. But that is not one that has been, it, like, ordained by God, I guess. I don't know how to word that. Like,
0: Well, yeah, and then that's the whole problem with 1 Corinthians 7, is that you're talking about, should we even have sex? Right, like if if the best way is to not have sex, and and we can find this intimacy, then should we not be having sex? And Paul's right. like, well, if you're married, you should have sex. Yeah, you should guess, mutually like... <laughs> satisfy each other, just like you should also eat, and you should also make sure you're getting enough sleep.
1: God gave us marriage as the only place to safely and healthily have sexual intimacy. Right, but. The intimacy a, he wants with us can be had outside of marriage and within marriage, and it's not a sexual intimacy.
0: Right. And there is a byproduct of that sex. Right. It is children. Right. Yes. Like it, it is, it is, it can be exciting and it can be mutual satisfying, but it's also
1: reproductive. Okay. Anyway, I think to, we've gone way down the hole here. Way I think,
0: down the hole. But the idea is,
1: is, what was the whole point of this episode? Talking about intimacy and vulnerability <laughs> and that we have a basic human desire and need for these things, and that comes from God, and it does not need to be filled within marriage. It no. can be, but it also should be filled outside of marriage, regardless of whether you are married or not. Right. I think this is where, especially around here, we've really fallen into this trap that... Um, like I've seen so many young people, and this is including myself, where we have these close communities, we, um, we have true intimacy with, with people and many people, not just one person, um, often with people we're in a small group with or close friends, and then we get married and that starts to fade or disappears because we put all of that intimacy into our marriage mm-hmm. or we find all that intimacy in our marriage. And I... I really don't think that was ever the intention. I don't think that that's God's desire at all. And I don't think it's healthy. Um, Because suddenly now, like, it's not like we completely give up on our friends. I mean, sometimes people do. But then what are those times with those people who we used to be intimate with become? Right? Do they just become shallow and fake? Or, um, like, if we're not finding intimacy with them, then what are we doing? Right? And is it, like... How is that different, a different relationship than like with anybody else that you have with your coworkers or whoever, right? And so like, it just seems silly to me that we would stop seeking intimacy there. And I think that that's wrong. And then I think that that also that does is ruins this whole vocation of singleness because now people who don't have someone else with like, don't have a couple or aren't in a couple or whatever, don't have a spouse they're not getting that intimacy then because no one around them is willing to to partake in it or to give it or receive it. And so now we've isolated single people and now nobody wants to be single because you're super alone, right? It's not just going to bed alone. It's literally being alone all the time because no one wants to be intimate, intimate with you ever. And by intimate, again, every time I say intimate, I just mean close, close friendship. Um,
0: Yeah. And, and it's so easy, right? Because your wife or your husband is your best friend. Right. And then you're like, well, why do I need another best friend? Right. I already have one. And then you isolate and you insulate what happens when, so here's the other thing. If that, if intimacy requires vulnerability. Yeah. So it's so easy in a marriage to be hurt. where you be vulnerable and they misunderstand you or they're angry or they're hurt and so they lash out and now you're hurt and suddenly you close up, right? You, you aren't in that cross position with your arms open. Yep. You're in this crossed arms. Like you wrap your arms around you to protect yourself yep. and you close yourself and you put up a shield. You're no longer being intimate mm-hmm. because you've put a barrier. You've put a shield up and I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'll be vulnerable over here, but not here. Right. And I've seen so many marriages and it happens really quick with kids. Um, because, well, this kid, you know, I don't like the way you talk to our son, or I don't like the way you disciplined our daughter, or I don't like the way, yeah. you know, I just, I don't understand these kids, or these kids don't understand me, or, and there's this separation that happens. And, and, and that separation pulls that apart. So you have to be open and willing and vulnerable, and you have to know where you're vulnerable. There's a vulnerability that you and I have, and we can be more close than I'm going to have with the person that's bagging my groceries yeah. and, and helping me at the checkout, right? Because yeah. we need to have some wisdom in our vulnerability, but we need that in, intimate. So there's a close friendship here. And we want that to grow deeper so yeah. that I have to be willing to reveal part of myself and you have to be willing to reveal part of yourself and let me through that shield. Yeah. And the only way we're going to do that is if we stretch out one hand to Jesus and one hand to the other person right. and live in that cross shape and open yourself up. Yeah. And so when people say, well, how do we get this intimacy? Well, how willing are you to be vulnerable? How willing are they to reciprocate your vulnerability? When we get so focused on the fact that my spouse is my best friend, then we exclude other couples as well as our single friends. Mm -hmm. If we're willing to invite those single and those other couples into our relationship, then we can allow that to grow. And then it doesn't matter how old they are. They could be 80 or 18. They can, they can have that vulnerability and that intimacy and that mm-hmm. close friendship.
1: Yeah. And like, so I want to tie this back a bit to the burn with passion thing. Like not to, don't <laughs> that don't much, because I think one thing I heard, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but in the one podcast, one guy was talking about how he's chosen singleness and he's living in a community with, with single people. I think that's, it's really cool and awesome. And I wish it was more popular. Um, The times where he has been, had the, had the most intimacy with like friends and with people around him or been, been a part of like the closest group. And this is why he started this whole community are the times when he's been least tempted um, sexually. And so I think that like, this goes hand in hand, right? Like the whole idea of like Paul being like, okay, fine. Like if you burn with passion, then yeah, I get married. Um, But like, if we're doing intimacy correctly, you're not going to. Right, or that's going to be a huge step and a huge help in having that self control. And like again, a preface to that whole thing where Paul says that is like he says like if you can't have self control, then fine, do this. But the book before that, he talks about having self control and how important that is. He also talks about how sexual morality is sin than many others, and it's like how important it is not to be sexually 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 immoral. And so like I don't know, it's it's not just like he's not just like lightly saying like fine if you can't get married it's like it's like a fine and his advice like if you really really can't or like if that's gonna be the path you're gonna go down but um anyway i just sure. think that's really important to say that like if we're doing intimacy correctly like the temptation sexually will be severely um will, will be a lot less and if at, if at all there right and like that's really important because I'm sure as a single person, it's easy to be like, well, I with passion. Why can't I just get married, right? Like this isn't, it's not fair. It's un, And like, that's where that aloneness can come in, right?
0: But you, I, and I'm going to bring this up because it, you're looking at the fruit, not the root.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Right? Like the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Yeah. And love and joy and peace.
1: Yes. All those, those. those are
0: all those things. If you have all those things like this person in that community had, then, of course, when I'm in that most intimate, I have that closest friendship with somebody, then I have love, joy, and peace. Like he's in that cruciform place where uh-huh. one hand is filled with the Holy Spirit and the other hand is filled with your hand where uh-huh. I'm at in this relationship with you and I'm close to you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Right. And, and the, the Holy Spirit is, is my bride or my groom is the one that's connected to me uh-huh and connects me to God so that yeah, I have yeah, that yeah. close vulnerable relationship with God that now completes me so that I can have this close vulnerable relationship with you mm-hmm.
1: that also completes me. Well, let's talk about that for a minute then. Okay. <laughs> Cuz like I, I mean I just want to break this all no, down. It's like, good. I, I mean, I, who knows how much of this I'm going to cut out. I already uh, some of it but I don't
0: I don't think you need to. This like, is there, great.
1: There's the what is it Genesis 2 20 something. God uh creates a helper for Adam and Genesis Eve 2 yes and, the, yep. and then and the original co- like commander um idea of marriage is kind of in there. Yeah. Um and then we like to I think sometimes we can build this whole idea like well you're supposed to get married God says so or like marriage is good because in Genesis um, and I think it's really interesting if we look at what is God actually doing in this in this chapter and what does it mean? um Is he just making a wife for Adam so that he can be um not sexually immoral and so he can have his temptations met, or is he doing something much greater and I, uh, I, spoiler alert it's the latter. <laughs> well, yeah, because
0: we don't have any sense that Adam is burning with passion no. when God creates eve it's right. like So it's Genesis 2, 18. God said, it's not good for the man to be alone, so I'll make him a helper, a companion. Uh, Yeah, Right? Like, it's not like, wow, Adam is burning with passion. Yeah. And so, therefore, he should get married. Right. Right? It's not like it's like, wow, look at this beast that can't control his urges. He should get married and bang it out. Right. Like, that's not there. It's like, Oh, he's alone.
1: Yeah,
0: he doesn't. It doesn't complete the picture. I want something that's going to to complement and to complete this person.
1: Yeah. So, well, and that's like—I mean—we're going to get a little nerdy here. I love this stuff, and I'm, okay. never, I'm never the one who's able to bring it up, sure. so I'm going to bring it up. Um, <laughs> if we look at like the Hebrew of this, where it talks about suitable helper, um, I've companion. heard this explained a yeah. few different times, but I think it means. I'd say this wrong but like it's as ez, Ezer connecto is the word suitable helper in hebrew okay. and what that actually means is like so the Ezer part is that is helper um and that word in hebrew that is specifically used 66 other times in scripture to talk about god god as the helper um and often describing speaking of god's strength power protection and help and being a rescuer and so like this whole idea of huh. of Eve to Adam is the same word that is used um, sixty six other times in the Scripture as God being a helper, um, and so I think that's really fascinating. It's not like lesser than. It's not a, a weaker than. It's a very like strong. Yeah, protector, rescuer, strength. Yeah.
0: Who were the words you used? Helper, strength, power, protector, rescuer.
1: Yeah. Those all sound good. Yeah. That's what it says.
0: It sounds very masculine, (laughs) actually, (laughs) to what we would assume in our 21st, 22nd, 21st century way of understanding quote unquote masculinity is the protector, strong power, rescuer, right? Yeah. But this is God describing Eve. This is our description of who God is as our helper, our Ebenezer, right? Our, mm-hmm. our the, the God that shows up as our helper. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. So, that's yeah. really neat. Thanks. Ezra
1: Connector does not mean a, uh, a helper subordinate to, right? Um, the... Oh, it's not part, a servant. No, it's not a servant. It. So the other part, the um, conegdo, conegdo. Then the the, the naked part in that is how it pronounced. It means in front of, in sight of, or opposite to. Um, which would also m- indicates that this suitable person is conspicuous, vigorous, a leader, effective, to stand boldly out, explain, praise, expound, expose, plainly profess, report, tell, utter. Um, the uneventful word suitor does not possess a lot of class in of itself, but when you look at the meaning God gave the woman, that changes everything. Mm. Uh, she was equal to him, opposite of him, able to help a companion, one who would speak up and advise, face the joys and sorrows of life together, and complete each other. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and I think that... That's really cool. So that's really interesting.
0: That opens another can of worms. It does. But we'll we'll leave that. That's really cool, then. Then the word helper, I wonder if this, how that relates to the Greek word for the Holy Spirit that is in John 15, that Jesus says, I'm going to send a helper. Right. Right. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you and he will be your helper. I right. wonder if that's the same.
1: Well, and that it is the same. If they're related. Yeah, it, it is. Because in here it talks about... Um, I was going to get there, but yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. The
1: word, the same word helper that's used. So I said it's other times in scripture. I mean, a couple of them, uh, Elizer, which is the son of Moses, was called Eliezer. Eli, my God, Ezra, helper. Um, so that was my father's God as my helper, Exodus 18. Uh, there's Ebenezer was the other one you mentioned. And then the other one is Holy Spirit, described by Jesus as helper. Mm. Um, in John 14, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, a spirit of truth. Um, that is the same word there. So... The Holy Spirit, co-equal with God, is our advocate, advisor, counselor, um, intercessor, consoler, comforter, helper, who pleads another's case before a judge, blah, blah, blah. We can go on about that for a while. But um, yeah, like I think that this is saying like the Holy Spirit is the New Testament version or the new form or the final form of what um, God was giving Adam with Eve.
0: That we wouldn't be alone.
1: Right. That we wouldn't be alone, that we would have that helper and that we would have that... That um, other, that opposite
0: that completes us, that complements us, that protects us, that gives us power.
1: Like whatever um, intimacy or meaning we may get from Adam and Eve, we can have now between us and the Holy Spirit.
0: That's really cool.
1: Right? Yeah. Pretty neat. It is pretty neat. And so also talks about here like how Philippians 2 says um, <clears throat> talking about how Jesus in the very nature of God is our chief example of submitting he is co-equal with the Father and Holy Spirit but he came to earth and made himself nothing and took on the very nature of a servant humbling himself obedient to death on the cross to pay for our sins even when we don't deserve that kind of love hmm and in Ephesians 5, which we talked about already, too, um, gives the command to follow God's example um, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Um, and gives instructions for Christian households. and whatnot.
0: So let's go back then to this idea that. So God has. I'm going to just try and summarize this. OK. Yep. So God has. Given us a gift, and some of that is the vocation of singleness, and some of that is the vocation of marriage. He's gifted us to either be in a marriage or to be single and celibate. Right. And we, m- we may have flare ups of passion, or we may have flare ups of, of, of doubt, but that those are satisfied through the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. That when we come into a marriage, we give up our rights. That we come into a marriage and that person isn't designed to satisfy us fully. Right. That God is actually designed to satisfy us fully. And that when we go into marriage, we're actually living out his example of what he wants intimately with us. He wants to be as close to us. Closer than a bride. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Right. To the point where he actually indwells us. He can't get any closer. He lives in us. Yeah and is our power and our helper and our our complete, complements us and completes us. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Right. So then, how do we do a better job of including people then, of being intimate and vulnerable?
1: Yeah, I haven't worked that part out yet.
0: So I think it, (laughs) I think it starts with an intentionality.
1: Yes. Intentional community would be like the biggest thing I think. And it sounds such a buzzword, but like.
0: So you need to be, it's, so it's a choice. Yeah. So because it's a choice, I would say then, then there's steps that we can make to make that choice more of a habit. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's being more, uh, more vulnerable ourselves. Right. Staying more connected to the cross, to Jesus. Yeah, it's using wisdom in our vulnerability, right? I'm not just going to share everything with everyone. There's certain things that only people that are involved should be shared with. Right. I'm not going to tell you Julia's story or I'm not going to try and relate Leah's story to somebody else. Sure. Because it's Leah's story. So or Julia's story without their permission. I don't need to share. I don't need to use their vulnerability with somebody else. Right. Right. And I need to use wisdom. It's it's not that it needs to just be out there for everyone to know. And I have to have changed myself. I can't still be going through something and trying to share with somebody how I've overcome this
1: if I'm still going through it. Well, I think like, again, more like to the root of it is that this comes back to the idea that whether married or single, that there's a vocation and a purpose and a calling that you need to be held to. And that marriage isn't an end goal. It's not a I've made it. It's not a final destination. Rather, it is a a calling and a way of living that you are committing to for the rest of your life. And so as would be like we talked about last week, if you are married, you're you're called to raise children in some way. Um, I think that you also have a duty and a commitment to be intentional in the community around you, in your intimacy and vulnerability with people, um, to have a community with people who are like you and not like you, people who are other couples and have intimacy with them and to have intimacy with people who aren't in a couple and who are single, right? Um, And not to, like, toot our own horn, but, like, at the church I'm going to now with citizens, I think that's, like, a huge part of where this whole, like, community... Groups or whatever we're calling it <laughs> comes from, right? It's like um, everyone who goes to the church and is committing to the church is committing to this group within the church and a smaller community that you can be vulnerable with and you can be intimate with and you have those relationships with. And those groups consist of people of many different ages and many different walks of life and single or married. Right? Um, yeah, I just, I think as married people, we've done a crap job of supporting single people. Um, and we've made single people feel isolated and alone more than they already probably just will because like our world, our world is already going to do that enough to them. And so, yeah, like we, I just, I really feel this like, (laughs) um, sense of duty now that we need to, that we need to start teaching that, uh, intimacy from God and that one that he has designed for us can come and does come not just through marriage but through being single or whatever it doesn't it comes to us in ways it doesn't matter whether we're married or not right like it's
0: as much as our identity is in christ so is our our close relationship yeah our intimacy right and our identity should be in christ
1: yeah and like we've talked about this as soon as you start putting your identity in not christ like where that can lead to and like in your spouse being one of those things. Like if you put all Marriage your identity all in another person, right. And yeah. the same thing, if you put all your intimacy becomes coming from one person, well then slowly it stops coming from being about intimacy with God. It just becomes about it being with that person. And then like, guess what people let you down and they will, they always will. So um we're not perfect. And so that's going to eventually be an unhealthy type of intimacy and it's going to be ruined or it's going, to, something's going to happen with that. And like, just gonna be me met with disappointment or worse, right? And like, so again, we have to have that ultimate. It's ultimately that intimacy needs to be coming from God, and like, we're uh, gonna have to in allow, some ways. But also, we have to open ourselves up to multiple ways for that to come, so that right. it can come from God.
0: Right. We have to allow that to happen. We have to allow. Yeah. We have to allow those single people into our married circles. We have to allow our our married people into our single circles. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Like we have to allow. And if we're going to try and receive intimacy through multiple paths, we also need to be willing to give it or like, right. let God work through us yeah. with others. Like, Tear
0: down those shields, mm-hmm. remove some of those walls so that yeah. you can be vulnerable with other people. Yeah. Understand. And it's, man, there's so much that goes into this that is about grace, right? You have to understand that I have teenage kids. I'm going to probably talk about my kids. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. have kids. You're probably not going to talk about having kids because right. you don't have them. Yeah. So we have to have grace with each other in this story. Yeah. And, and take time to hear each other's stories. And you yeah. can't expect it to change overnight. These are going to be one degree changes, right? Like mm-hmm. is, these are significant changes that will take time. Just like it does when you're going through counseling. It takes time. You can't fix it overnight. Yeah. It takes time exactly. to, to learn a new way of thinking and behaving. We, we have, as a church, done this for such a long time. So if we're stopping and saying, hold on a second, I see something here. How do we do a better job of this? Okay. Then we have to have grace to allow change to happen. Yeah. But we have to hold our track and be on that one degree or that two degrees over and hold that track and say, no, I'm, I'm not going back to the way it was because it was painful. It was wrong. It was harmful. Yeah. We need to make a change and then allow space for that change to happen. Invite people into that man. Oh man, I think there's just this. But you said it the other night, the like last week you said, like, once you got married, suddenly you were qualified yeah. to be in leadership, or suddenly you were qualified to, oh, maybe Zach's not as crazy as we thought. He seems to be responsible enough to get married.
1: Like, yeah, well, someone else well, trusted their life with him, yeah, so. so maybe we could <laughs> give him our kids I can't like, But uh, that's
0: not how we, we we gotta change the filter, we gotta help yeah. people say, like excuse me, take those sunglasses off and see this the way God sees this.
1: Well, yeah, and even, like, within the church, we've done a lot of teaching and, and preaching on, on marriage, and I think that's because, like, there's lots in the New Testament to go off of, but... Um, it was the Old Testament way, too. But we're also, like, we're coming from this basis of, like, we're skipping, we're skipping a step here, right? We're skipping the whole idea of, like, there's, there's multiple... Vocations and callings and and marriage is one of those and marriage is one path of life and then we're just going we're skipping the step before that and we're going straight to the marriage and then we're like and the bible just has a bunch of things to say like okay if you do choose this path here's all the ways that you need to live within that and here's all the ways that you need to act within that and here's how it represents christ in the church and here's how mm. god wants us to live within that but that's that's all like presupposed like like all of that comes after an if statement, if you choose that, right? And then we, we just kind of pretend that it's like when you choose that. We change that if to a when. And so then we leave out anyone who's single just like, what are they supposed to do with all of that discussion, right? Especially when we never do the other part of it. We never go, oh, and if you choose singleness. It's
0: simpler. It's better. It's Paul's like, this is the best way.
1: Yeah. More than that. We also don't have the discussion that you and I are having right now, which is regardless of which one you choose, here's how you should both be. Right. And like, when do we have that discussion?
0: Yeah. I don't think we have. Not very often. No. And, And it's tough. Yeah. There's no reason we shouldn't be.
1: I would really challenge um, people, anyone dealing with anyone who is single and is feeling like it sucks (laughs) or struggling with that, struggling with their singleness. Um, They feel lonely or left out or like they are less than because they can't find someone significant other or whatever. Commit to your singleness for a time. Just try like a month or whatever. No dating, no worrying about it. Um, And really just dive into trying to see what what God wants for you and see how long he would want you to commit to that. And if he wants you to commit to that. And just see if you can hear from him on whether um, he wants you to commit to singleness for a, a short period. And I would probably challenge you that that first chunk would be a year three years after that but see if he wants you to try committing to singleness for a year and and when you commit to that singleness what are you going to do in that year Um, instead of worrying about dating or going on dates or um, trying to find somebody or meeting people or whatever um, what can he do for you with you in that year of singleness and then I think if you decide to commit to that singleness do it with a community that can help you and back you and and do it with you. So whether that's other single people or at least some and some people who are maybe in a couple or married that can just support you, just a community of people that will support you in that singleness and help you find that intimacy you need. Because you need to have intimacy, otherwise you're going to find it in unhealthier um, ways that God doesn't want us to. Because that's just like your your human flesh is going to be fighting that way too much. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it does make I, sense. That's right. you need I would, that. Like, from the stuff I've been reading and that guy we were talk- listening to yep. on the podcast, like, um, I commit really to think it. commit, commit, commit. And like, same and thing. It's like, find you're married, support. Commit to your marriage and commit to it in the way that the Bible says how to commit to your marriage. Right. Right. And then... Find support,
0: which requires vulnerability. Yeah. Which requires you being plugged into the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're married or you're in a couple, I would also challenge you to find intimacy outside of that those close relationships that relationship find intimacy outside of the, your significant other um, and challenge your significant other to do the same is all of your intimacy i.e. close friendship closeness is all of that coming from just within your marriage on a on more than like a monthly basis like are you weekly getting intimacy from somewhere outside of your marriage because it seems to me that that's pretty important I think that if you're not, reach out to some other friends or maybe even some single friends because they'll be looking for the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's really good. That's really challenging. Thanks. That's a good start.
1: Sure. A
0: good word.
1: It was a bit all over the place at the start. Yeah, but we, it was. We, we cleaned it up. Okay. <laughs> Anything else?
0: No, I had some other Bible passages, but I think we did a really great job. What'd you have? No, I just had a passage in Mark and another passage in Second Corinthians. Oh, so what it's were all they good. About? Just stuff. Okay, this is good.
1: <laughs> oh man! Anything uh, else you want to say? or are we?
0: No, I th- I think we did a pretty good job there. I liked it. I
1: think it was good.
0: I, I there was something that I heard the other day. And it was Ann Voskamp talking about how she didn't she ended up with this this ministry that she didn't want. And oh. someone came to her and said, like you have this, so embrace it. Because you may only have it for a short time. And it's a gift from God. So just embrace it. Mm. And and it resonated in me because I feel that way. I've started to really live that way with my kids. That I may only have them for a short time. And they're a gift from God. And to take advantage of that gift, right, to not take every opportunity I have to, to teach or to love or to encourage or to build or to discipline or to disciple them, mm. I'm missing out. And it's the same thing with this, right? If you have been given the gift of singleness and Paul says you're afforded a simpler life and you have more opportunities to actually increase the kingdom, right? then are you... Are you using that gift? It may only be for five years. What could you do in five years? It would take me 15 as a father because I now have this gift of kids that I have to invest in for 20 years. Right. Or forever, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And so how do you do that? How do you live well with the gift you've been given and the time you've been allotted? Um, Instead of mourning what you don't have, celebrate what you do have. And so I, it was interesting to hear, hear that about her her ministry, and we could say the same thing here with the camp, or with this podcast, or with our marriages, or with our singleness. How right. do we be intentional with this and the, take advantage of the gift and the opportunity we have, rather than mourning what we don't have? Yeah, that's it. That was great.
1: Cool. Any other thoughts? I think that's all I've got.
0: All right. Well, that was awesome. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you soon.
1: Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.